0: and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. I'm your host, Guy Alvarez, and this is the show where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing and explain how they can help you get more leads and acquire more clients. In today's episode, we're gonna talk to Mark Cohen. Mark, a good friend, is the founder and CEO of Legal Mosaic. And Mark is going to talk about how to use social media and content to develop your thought leadership. But before we get started with the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and your law firm? If so, I want you to go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. This audit will provide you with a roadmap and all the information you will need to get to digital marketing to produce the results you want. Hi, Mark. Hey there, Guy, how are you? Good, how are you? And thank you for joining the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. Great to be here. So, Mark, I have known you now for, I think it's been four or five years, um, and uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing you really uh, become a thought leader in your area, um, when I met you, you were still a managing partner at Clearspire. Spire. Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, sort of your progression from uh, a lawyer to a uh, founder of Clearspire and then now the CEO of, uh, of Legal Mosaic. A little bit of history, Mark. Sure.
1: So I had been a, a trial lawyer for, uh, oh, I would say about, uh, almost 30 years, uh, started out as an assistant US attorney, became uh, a big law partner. Uh, Then I started a national boutique firm. Uh, A federal judge appointed me a receiver of a large international business where I oversaw operations in four continents and learned very clearly some of the deficiencies of uh, lawyers communication. Uh, how technology could be used more effectively uh, in terms of uh, managing legal services. Uh, I was also during that time an outside general counsel of three uh, companies. So, uh, Guy, I got not only a perspective in terms of how one delivers legal services, but also how one manages them globally, as well as uh, how one consumes them. Uh, And I think um, when I stepped away from the representation of individual clients, uh, right around uh, the new millennium, so it's hard to believe it's been almost 17 years, uh, I took a pause, um, gave myself a sabbatical. uh, And then around 2004, um, when Tom Friedman uh, wrote The World is Flat, uh, I got very intrigued. Uh, had an opportunity to meet with him for lunch, uh, and started talking about, you know, sort of would some of the things that he was writing about in his book uh, make sense for the legal vertical? And he said, "Well, you're the lawyer. Why don't you find out and let me know?" Uh, and so I did, uh, and um, that's kind of what led me to found Clearspire. Uh, was uh, after an early foray in uh, legal process outsourcing, I thought, well, this is kind of part of the puzzle. Um, Maybe we could do a little bit more of the puzzle. Um, And so uh, uh, with a uh, business partner of mine, a non-lawyer, we founded Clearspire, uh, a very exhilarating and intellectually rewarding experience, um, but um, not the commercial success that, uh, a lot of people around the world had uh, uh, predicted for us.
0: So that's when I I actually uh, first met you or the first time we spoke is, uh, you know, you were running Clearspire, and and uh, uh, I was writing a book on, uh, you know, how lawyers could use uh, uh, technology and uh, social technology to collaborate and, and to enhance their business processes. Uh, and you were doing some pretty cool things at Clearspire, specifically the platform that you guys have built uh, really enabled you to operate a, a virtual law firm right? And, and really utilize technology as a way to add value to the client. Talk a little bit about that and you know how, what you guys were trying to do.
1: Sure. Uh, well, first of all, Clearspire was a uh, company that we founded uh, right around the time of the global financial crisis, uh, which also happened to coincide with the ACC's launch of its value challenge. Um, We felt actually that, um, number one, we were um, actually addressing everything that the ACC value challenge was looking for and more. uh, And that um, our model would play very well to what became the new normal following the a global financial crisis where you know, clients in virtually every vertical insisted that services be delivered uh, better, faster, cheaper. Um, ClearSpire was a two company model. It was the first of its kind. Um, we had to sort of separate out the law firm, which we had with the legal services uh, company, which we also created. We had to do that for regulatory reasons. Um, and um, we, uh, the centerpiece of our um, uh, service company was, uh, as you adverted to, Guy, uh, a very, very um, uh, bleeding edge um, uh, integrated uh, platform called Coral, uh, which essentially allowed our lawyers, uh, as well as our clients and um, uh, other uh, people in the legal supply chain to operate on a fully integrated uh, technology platform from anywhere in the world securely. Uh, It was uh, web-enabled and it was cloud-based. Now, remember this is going back, by the time we built it out, it was about 2011. So this was pretty far ahead of the curve. Um, The the short of a very long story, which actually I've just completed a, a book chapter that's on Clearspire that's going to be coming out uh, in a couple of months uh, 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 in a volume published by Marcus Hartung in Germany. Uh, the, the short and long story is that Clearspire really uh, what our clients were more interested in than our law firm services was our technology. Uh, And that the marketplace was really not ready at that time for um, a new model law firm that was quite as, dare I say, forward thinking as Clearspire was um, uh, to uh, basically buy our legal services. They were only too happy to um, license or acquire uh, our technology um but uh, nonetheless i'm very very uh hardened by the fact that years later um people around the world contact me virtually on a daily basis um to uh in some form or fashion uh revive uh aspects of, of the clearspire model and what we sought to do
0: so that's that's interesting because after clearspire uh and uh, as you were looking for something new to do, uh, obviously you and I stayed in touch. And it was at that point that I said, you know, the, the story of, not just the story of of Clear Spire, but the story of Mark Cohen is, is a really good, interesting story. And I think it's a story that people will want to hear. Uh, and that's when we started to think about leaving Mosaic. Um, so, you know, for our listeners, uh, Tell us a little bit about what Legal Mosaic is today and sort of the evolution, how you got started um, and how you were able to build uh, your brand, the Mark Cohen brand, but also the Legal Mosaic brand uh, through your blogging and uh, through the social media uh, 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 participation that you did.
1: Sure. Um, actually, Guy, I remember very vividly, um, we were sitting in the lobby of the what is now the Latte uh, New York Palace Hotel. Um, we were having a drink. Uh, I was talking to you a little bit about Clear Spire and sort of a bit of inside baseball. And you stopped me and said, you know, you're a really good storyteller. And I said, well, I would hope so. I was a trial lawyer. And then you said, um, you know, you could really um, create a brand for yourself. And I remember at the time being uh, somewhat taken aback. It was flattering, but at the same time, I thought, how the hell could my um, experiences be made into a brand? Um, And you kind of gave me a little bit of a primer on how that could be done um At the time, it's not that I didn't think that you made a compelling case for social media. I, I recalled that you know, it, it, it was powerful enough to change you know the dynamics of the Middle East and the Arab Spring. But I thought uh, that may be, but I still don't understand how I'm going to be able to, to sort of create this brand on my own. And you encouraged me basically to, to write, Um, and to speak when uh, the opportunity presented itself, um, and to start using social media. I would just say that, you know, uh, there were times when I thought Twitter um, was probably the dumbest thing that an adult individual could do. Why would you want to limit yourself to 140 characters? Why would you, you know, be tweeting um, but I quickly saw that it was a very powerful vehicle uh, for getting a message across um, and also a very interesting tool that allowed one to not only connect with other like-minded or perhaps you know, unlike-minded people, but very quickly to participate in a global community um, in a way that, you know, could uh, be very fascinating and potentially um, very um, helpful for one's career. Uh, it was a very, what I would call benign way of, um, you know, engaging in, in marketing at, at very low budget. Um, so uh, I, you know, uh, worked with you, of course, and, and your, your group at Good to be Social, um and just kind of followed your leads, uh, the content for me was was not really difficult because I guess if you've been uh, in an industry as long as I have and you know I've had the opportunity to see it from different perspectives, um, I was sort of not at a loss for um, content. It was really more a matter of finding a, a voice um, and um, you know, just kind of getting it out there. And um, uh, the thing I think that was most difficult for me, is, as as you you would certainly agree, I I think, is um, just being patient about it because one does not create a social media presence and one does not create a brand overnight. Um, It takes uh, time and thoughtfulness uh, and um, not an insubstantial amount of effort. Yeah, uh, although, as you taught me social media is a two-way street it's not all about your promotion but equally if you know you, you have to participate in the community uh you know and and so I found myself um as part of you know my my process um quickly ferreting out who I thought had interesting uh information and ideas uh, and, and then in a, in a sense, engaging with them and maybe promoting them uh, and equally uh, finding that people would do it uh,
0: for me, but it was never a quid pro quo. That's, you know, Mark, that, that's something that a lot of, of lawyers and, and legal marketers don't understand. You know, one is you really have to invest in, in social media. It, it is a two-way conversation, not just another, another channel to promote yourself. Um, but also, you know, sticking with it and having the patience and knowing that it's a long-term play, I, I think it's, you know, and I, I know I've had you talk to some other lawyers about sticking with it because y- you really did that. And, um, you know, your success uh, speaks for itself. I mean, you, you are now a uh, columnist on Forbes, uh, your, your blogs and your articles are read, uh, globally, uh, you have people contacting you from all over the world to talk about the the legal delivery system and the changes in the legal profession. Tell us a little bit about you know how how does that feel and you know what do you what would be some of the the uh, key aspects that you think would work for for another attorney or another professional that was looking to build a brand for themselves
1: sure well how does it feel the answer is uh, very gratifying um i think that when i see um it's not really for me a a numbers game guy um naturally it's nice when you know you see that a lot of people follow you on twitter follow you on linkedin write nice notes uh, about the articles but um I think that um, what's really gratifying is um, the kind of uh, dialogue that it seems a a number of my uh, uh, pieces has generated. Um, And um, I've had, for example, a number of young entrepreneurs um, reach out to me um, and uh, everything from students to, you know, very large uh, Fortune 500 companies. Um, and so for me, I think it's, it, it's, it's really great to see uh, that um, other people are thinking about some of the things that I'm writing about and speaking about uh, and, and engaging on them. And, 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 and that, you know, that for me is a tremendous, tremendous um a, a gratification uh also you you touched on the global part of it um that's very gratifying too uh you know i just came back from uh, 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 uh france and germany in france uh i met with a number of people in the french uh legal tech community uh uh as well as uh with the uh, uh board chair of the uh, acc uh, and then went to Germany to give uh, the keynote address at the German Bar Association. Um, these are, you know, kind of life experiences that are really, you know, very um, gratifying and, 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 and humbling. Um, they would not have happened but for the fact, I guess, that, you know, I've kind of, as I say, if, if, if you can't be a great writer, at least be a prolific one. Um, so, uh, the, you know, stick-to-itiveness, uh, I think, really is uh, important. Um, uh, in terms of your other question, you know, it kind of reminds me when I was a, a, a young lawyer and um, I was uh, uh, kind of went right out of the U.S. attorney's office into the uh, a partner at the nation's, at the time, second largest law firm, Finley Campbell um how that happened is another story for another day but people used to say to me well you know how is it um that um um you're able to get so much business um and i would say uh, i think the question that you really want to ask is not how i do it but how you could do it um because how i do it and how you might do it would be two very different things Um, And so I would say, Guy, um, first of all, you know, I don't think that you necessarily, to develop a social media presence and a brand, I don't know that you necessarily have to have a tremendous amount of um, unique content. Um, I know that there are some people out there who have developed brands um, as a result of being what I would call very thoughtful aggregators. Um, They, you know, sort of take um, greatest hits of different people out there uh, and they put them together and maybe kind of wrap it up with some interesting commentary. That would certainly be one way you could do it. Uh, Another way, of course, is original content. Um, But I think, you know, the, the, the only sort of global advice that I would offer beyond that to answer your question, Guy, is that um, I think, you know, people have to be authentic. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of people tell me, um, and they used to tell me this as a trial lawyer too when I would poll juries is, um, hey, you know, you you know what you're talking about, but you're authentic. Um, And I think that, you know, authenticity means a lot of things. uh, One of which is, you know, that people believe that you're not kind of putting on airs and that you're not trying to BS them. Um, And so I I think one of the things that I would tell people is um, that, you know, you really want to be authentic in terms of um, what it is and and how it is that, you know, you're, you're getting your
0: message across. That's great, Mark. I think that's excellent, excellent advice. Let me switch topics slightly. Uh, so obviously you write a lot about uh, what's going on in, in the legal profession and uh, how alternative legal service providers are really starting to change the game and, you know, the competition and, and the sort of the, the consolidation of, of, of the legal marketplace. You recently wrote an article uh, That talked about the way law firms were marketing themselves. So, you know, in your estimation, you know, it it seems like you think, and and I tend to agree, that they're not doing enough from a marketing perspective perspective to differentiate themselves. And uh, they're sort of missing the boat. Uh, So, what are your thoughts on that? Could you expand a little bit upon that? Sure.
1: Well, as I recall, Guy, that article, I I was talking about how. There are a lot of law firms that are increasing their budgets in terms of marketing efforts, Um, but there was not necessarily uh, a, a very positive ROI for a lot of them, and it's not because social media or marketing isn't something that they should be doing, which I think they clearly should be doing it, but they first have to answer the question of, You know, who and what are we and how are we differentiated in the marketplace? Um, And I think that's the same for a firm as it is for an individual. Um, You know, getting back to, you know, your questions of how I develop my brand. If I was just saying the same stuff that a bunch of other people were, um, then what reason would people have to read it or much less comment on it? Right, so I think that in terms of law firm marketing and utilization of social media, I think that you know just to you know kind of uh, have people do a self-serving blog a week on a particular topic isn't going to cut it. Um, number one, they have to be more of a part of a community. I think part of the reason again why you know, whatever, you know, modest success I've enjoyed is because I don't think that people get the idea that, you know, I'm out there just constantly trumpeting myself. It's rather that, hey, he's a guy who's got some experience, an interesting perspective, and he's also very willing to, you know, talk about other people and other companies and other things that are of interest too. It it comes back to that question, uh, Guy, that, you know, of, 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 um, you know, the difference between uh, self-promotion and being a part of a community where your contributions uh, to the community are not solely self-serving. And as a consequence of that, people in the community start to say, hey, this, this guy or this woman has got a lot to say. I wanna hear what they have to say. I think law firms really have to do a better job of, you know, sort of figuring out who and what they are before they really, really embark on uh, any uh, uh, effort
0: to, um, you know, market themselves that way. I totally agree, Mark. So uh, I think we're almost out of time. Um, Is there anything else that we didn't touch upon that that you would like to tell our audience or or any uh, uh, parting advice that you would uh, convey on to them?
1: I think that it's worth the investment uh, for someone who is considering um, this sort of thing. And by that, I mean, um, developing a brand whether it's an individual brand or um, a firm or uh, 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 whatever, I think it's worth you know, investing a couple bucks and a little bit of time um, to learn a bit more. We all have an idea of what brands are, um, but it's one thing to know what a brand is. It's another thing to know how one goes about uh, doing it. Uh, you know, particularly for lawyers, um, you know, who typically, you know, have their heads down um, and they're, they're kind of more worried about billable hours or business generation. That's a very different kind of arena than what we're talking about here in terms of using social media to uh, create a brand. So my advice would be if, if, if an organization or an individual were really serious about getting into this, uh, don't, th- don't assume that you know it. Um, you know, invest a little time and a couple bucks um, conferring with people who do. Um, I know it helped me a lot.
0: Great, Mark. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, so your website is LegalMosaic.com. We, we'll have that on the show notes. Uh, and also your, your Twitter account, if people want to get in touch with you, is at LegalMosaic.com. Uh, We uh, very much appreciate you having on the show, and uh, we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure, Guy, thanks.